This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is Season 4, Episode 29. Uh, joining me today is producer Brian Peterson. How are you, Brian? I'm doing good. After we spent 10 minutes on technical <laughs> issues to try We're to get this thing started. Each other. This is the first time I think we've had this set up. Yep. Um, also joining us today is Jason Enderhees. He's our Senior Vice President of Business Development. Hey, Jason. Hello. Man, guys, I haven't been on since the music changed. That was awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah, isn't it awesome? I just um, yeah, really like it. New, uh, I, I, it's very, very uh, corporate, if you will. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, the Ramones from the seventies. Uh, one of our listeners suggested it, and it was hard to say no. Like so, we can talk about the music real quick. We spent a lot of time, like I think in January, Brian, where we, you and I, both came up with like ten songs each. And we um, had a company meeting around it. We played every single YouTube video. We voted on it. Yeah. We went to several rounds. Yeah. Right. And then we kept it for like four episodes. Right. And then we're like, nah, it's gone. We played it for four episodes. And then also just switched it again for the last eight with, months. With no say for anyone. <laughs> right. didn't even tell anybody. It seemed like such an elaborate process to, 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 right. at the beginning. And then we just moved to, you know what? We're just going to wing it. I like it. Yeah. We, we ne- had never included co-worker feedback in the selection process and then we just scrapped it maybe it has been changed i just haven't i haven't heard it leading into maybe that's what it was yes so what, what, what song was that it was the ramones but what song was it it's called emi i think i, th- yeah. I was about yeah. to say it sounded like emi wow awesome yeah. i didn't know we had uh, joey ramone support and almost every episode starts off like this where we just sit around and talk about the music yep. for, for three minutes so if you were We've been we've been diving into live music lately, right? We've, we've witnessed some, yes. some some concerts. It's a good time. It's a good time to be alive, and it's a good time to talk about live music. We don't know when it's going to shut yes. down. Again. And for our regular listeners, thank you for putting up with our every episode discussing this, but it's funny <laughs> to me. I should almost put a note in the show notes to get to the conversation. Skip three minutes in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions, and you can contact us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. You can follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1. You can join the conversation by leaving us a voicemail or text us at 513-401-5463. Current events, I think the primary current event we need to talk about, and Jason wasn't involved in this, was the cookie crumble cook-off, eat-off, which... By the time you're listening to this, it might be out. I, I think the goal is to get it out tomorrow. So today is Thursday, so Friday. Yeah, so th- th- there's probably a YouTube video that has been a lot of big production of us evaluating crumble cookies. If you haven't had a crumble cookie before, it's, I don't know, it's popular on TikTok, and we get them every week. It's become kind of a 
current little tradition. Every week we order them, and it upsets some people because there's a bunch of fattening cookies in the office. But we sit around and try them all. And we, um, as researchers do, we put together a scorecard. We rated them and put together a PowerPoint presentation. And um, hopefully that's out there. In the video, I did not ask this, but are we using Let's Get Ready to Rumble music since we're calling it Let's Get Ready to Crumble? This- this is your team. I have no idea. I'm not involved in this at all. Yeah, Let's just see what Emma, who's no longer intern, it's um, co-producer Emma. Associate producer Emma. Associate <laughs> producer Emma. That's the only other current event I know. Do you, either of you two have a current event? I can't say that I do. I think I, I, like, I will comment on BP's uh, let's get ready to crumble, though. I think that's absolutely creative and should be included. That was coined by, I think, Gabby. Oh, was it Gabby? Okay. Yeah. Gabby. Oh, and then, of course, marketing runs with it because it is, it is good. Um, it I feel, was fun. I feel like we fi- can find that jock jam to put on here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can just get in the news, Brian, if you want. Yeah, let's jump right in. First up, Dynata has acquired survey platform inbrain.ai. Yeah, I don't know if you want to go first or me, Jason. Um I'm not super familiar with Embrain, but based on the press release, it sounds like another, I mean, Dynamics is buying up a lot of companies, um, adding to their portfolio. Um, They're Atlanta-based. They have Zap Surveys, which is a mobile-first platform, targeted rewards to encourage survey taking. So it kind of fits what Dynamics has been doing over the past couple of years, making moves and kind of growing and building a bunch of assets. and, And so... I don't know what else to say other than that. Yeah, I, I found myself in the same way when I was reading through just, you know, some of these um, articles, if you will, you know, on, on some of the, the current events or the the news, I should say. Um, it's, it's interesting, right? Interesting acquisition, but it's I, I feel like Dineet is in the news every other week acquiring somebody. So it, it's kind of like, okay, skip to the next article. But um, they they already have, you know, a position we know with a handful of other kind of similar mobile first platforms. It seems, I I don't even know if I would call it complimentary, at least like an add-on, I guess, to some some of the tools and technology that they've already got in place. Um, I noticed in the article itself, uh, Jason Schubert noted that there's a a respondent-centric technology, which kind of piqued my interest. So apparently that's going to help expand the reach to harder to get to audiences. So um, I'm not sure exactly what that technology looks like or what that means, but on paper, it sounds fantastic. You know what, Brian? What we should do? What we should have somebody from Inbrain on the podcast. <laughs> That's what we should do. Um, our listeners demand it to get more information about this. Um, I kid. Um, we always have a running joke about inviting people on the podcast and never actually do. But um, yeah, it seems somewhat complimentary. Maybe, maybe not. But um, Dynamics just in the news every other week, so good for them. Yeah. Next up. Screen Engine has teamed up with custom audience solution company Distillery to launch Audience Engine, a new research-based audience targeting solution for media, ENTs, and ad tech clients. That And TV industry veteran Melanie Jones is going to lead it. Yeah, uh, this is kind of interesting. I like a couple things about the first paragraph of this article. The first part is it's Hollywood research firm. I think it's kind of cool um, that they're. That's if I would do that every press release if I were based in Hollywood or Century City, and also Distillery, which I know why you put this as a headline because it's 
misspelled. I'm like, why do you not have an I in distillery? That seems crazy to me. That's not, that's not how you spell it. It's probably already copyrighted with the I. All right. Why, that's It's just efficiencies, Lammy. It's just efficiency. Yeah. Why waste your time putting that extra I in there? You're lucky they had the other I and the E in there. Yeah, these have other vowels. They're not anti-vowel. Uh, but it is. it was founded by former OTX exec Kevin Getz. And, you know... Screen Engine at ASI serves major movie studios, production companies, blah, 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 really in the entertainment industry. So kind of cool. So I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Jason. No, I, d- I did. Like you, I found this one pretty fascinating. The, you know, that the audience engine um, solution, it just seems like, it seems really like to connect, I guess, a handful of pieces that in- existed already in that media space, um, like individually. Um, but connecting that with something I think that, that obviously is near and dear to, to our hearts at EMI, which is the behavioral attributes, right? And that's that's where it got really kind of piqued my interest. And, and they mentioned um, matching and modeling large-scale survey data um, yeah. on kind of like interested to watch or I recommend a show and so on and so, you know, with 10 million different digital behavioral attributes – Uh, about some sort of like predictive measures for film and media industry. So I, I, that really piqued my interest is when you break, when you, when you start tying some of these pieces together, I think that really starts to add to the benefit and the value of like an overall product. So very cool stuff. And I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing where that, you know, where this leads. Yeah. The the quote of the article, you know, the 10 million digital behavioral attributes is crazy. You know, the precision of research data with the scale of behavioral data, and they call it the game changer for the industry. So certainly something to keep an eye on. That's, yeah, it's cool. And I apologize for the distillery people if they're out there. It's just weird. It's well known that you do not like misspelled brand names. All right. Next up, Nielsen is providing nearly 3,000 wearable devices to panel members as the company seeks to modernize and improve the panel experience. This is around 600,000 members of their portable people meter, PPM, panel, and will have access to the PPM wearable devices as part of a drive to increase engagement and attract new panelists. So it sounds like we're going to have to rethink survey design for like Fitbits and Apple Watches. At least that's what I get from it. Yeah, maybe I think this is really cool. You know, Nielsen has always had you know, TV boxes and measuring radio listenership and TV shows and diaries and things like that. They've been kind of unique in that area. And this just kind of is the next level of that wearing wearable devices, such as a wristband, a clip, a pendant, or pen- is this a clip or pendant? Is there a misspelling in this pendant. article? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be pendant, right? I think so. Okay. But we'll have a companion app to improve communication, encourage participation, and enable data transmission outside the home. Really cool. Um, this is what research should be doing is stuff like this. This is what I would expect Nielsen to do. I hope they do kind of like uh, more advertising around it um, because Nielsen obviously has the money to do that. Maybe attract more people to doing research and, and things like this. I know that 60,000 sounds like a lot of people, but they're very particular about the 60,000 people. It's pretty representative of the United States, and they get a lot of data from it. And so um, I just found this really interesting, Jason. Yeah, same here. I, I thought this was probably one of the one of the coolest ones, uh, you know, as far as like the updates or the MR news that I was reading through. Definitely one of the coolest pieces as far as technology is concerned. I love the idea 
Um, really look forward to seeing what kind of an impact like, you know, this has. It, it feels like taking almost like mobile research to another level as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're continuously trying to get as close to that kind of um, point of purchase, I guess you can call it, as possible. And yeah. I think this creates like, you know, yet another way of doing just that. And, and it, you, Brian, it's funny you mentioned like their, you know, their top or not top box, but uh, the what's it called? The, um, the TV box. Of the yeah, the TV box. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly where my mind went. But it also, I, it reminded me, I was just listening to a podcast the other day where Elon Musk was talking about how humans, you got to bear with me here. Humans yeah. are slowly evolving into a cyborg and really used like the cell phone or the mobile phone as an example and how integrated we are with it as an example of how technology literally like is becoming an extension of our being. It was a super in-depth podcast. And I know that's a stretch, but this tech, this type of technology seems to really be working kind of in that same vein or that same direction. And again, it might be a little bit of a stretch right now to, you know, that I say it out loud and sometimes you can put some thoughts and you're like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud, but it really does remind me of that type of movement. And just again, like you mentioned right at the beginning, reminds me of extremely advanced like metering, if you will. Yeah. And I love it that you mentioned Elon Musk because I think it's interesting that when you started the marketing research sampling, Jason, which was what, 10, 12 years ago, um, and I'm a little bit older than you, we were not a very innovative industry. And now if you can mention Nielsen in the same sentence with Elon Musk, even if you're kind of somewhat halfway joking, that means we're like doing some cool stuff, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, this wearables where you can, you go shopping with it and it tracks all kinds of cool stuff that you're doing. That's, that's what we should be doing to get insights. And so good job to Nielsen. And I hope this is successful. And I hope that you know, somebody else kind of does the same thing and helps drive more innovation, a little competitive landscape. Yeah. Well, I think maybe it's a question of who takes it to the next step. So yes, Nielsen's giving out those wearable devices. Who's the panel that's going to say, well, here's an app that will directly connect into your Apple watch or your Fitbit or your, I don't even know, is it Google watch? The, yeah. Those three, and then it's just a click, click and it's connect. Yep. That's the next step. Cause then it's, you can do fitness data. You can do sleep data. There's whatever data you have on your app, your wrist device can be available. Yep. And I might have to cut that because I want that idea. I want to share. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? You need to get patent that and (laughs) take it to market. (laughs) This idea is owned by Intellicast. That's right. (laughs) This episode has been date stamped. (laughs) No, it's good. No, Lamy, I'm going to share that uh, that that podcast with you. By the way, you got to hear some. I mean, it okay. was super in depth. It was way out there, but um, super interesting, and you know, stuff stuff in general. So, yes, thank you. Yeah. All right. Next up, Phoenix Marketing International has acquired the advertising consultancy Communicus. Um, I don't think I have a lot to say here, but uh, you know, first of all, I'm glad that both of these companies spell their brand names correctly. Um, I, I know Phoenix. We know some of the people at Phoenix pretty well. And Communicus, Jason, you probably know them better than me, but it seems like a cool little partnership here. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, definitely. I, so many acquisitions. 
it's it's tough yeah. to keep track of all the M and A's that go on in our in, in our industry. But this one seems um, I, at first like we know, like you mentioned, we know Phoenix Marketing International, we know Communicus as well. Uh, seems like a little bit of an overlap as they're both you know heavily involved in that that ad space, that advertising research world. But you know we have an excellent relationship with both of these organizations, and they're definitely both excellent companies and, and industry leaders. Um, it seems like they're counting on on the products, I guess, that they have, like individual products, to be completely complementary of each other. So uh, good for them. Two two great companies merging. So nothing, uh, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing negative to say there at all. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I would say I think that the pandemic, which has clearly changed the world in many ways. We've all shifted behaviors and we've shifted brand strategies. I think a lot of these companies, the reason that they're kind of buying or selling each other is because you have entrepreneurs at these companies who are like, they're ready for the next thing, right? I mean, we deal with that with our here at EMI where our owner is very entrepreneurial and he's thinking like, let's take advantage of this new world we're in. And, you know, he's, he's wired very similar to a lot of other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divest myself of this. It's too much time because I've got a better idea in place. Or I'm going to acquire something um, because I, it complements me and I can grow that way, right? I think there's a lot of that because we've seen a lot of stories like this. We cover them on the podcast every almost every week that, oh, that's an interesting acquisition. I wonder why that happened. And I hope it's because the owners are trying to innovate and have a new idea and you'll hear about it you know, soon, right? Yeah, that's. I, I think you're 100 percent spot on there, Brian. That's the. It, it's it's very it's it's a cool. I don't know. It's 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 a it's different for sure. I think for for our industry, but when you have to when you're looking through the news and you have to pick and choose which kind of mergers and acquisitions you you're going to talk about on a podcast, I feel like yeah. there you know something's good going to come out of some of them. Likely not all of them, but if if we you know if it can push our industry to be more innovative and 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 just keep us going down that path then you know it's there's going to be uh uh more rewards than 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 not yep that's what we're banking on yeah all right next up toluna has added a new product development tool to toluna start yeah i feel like toluna is like similar to dynata that they're always on the news they're really good at pr because they always have some sort of new product development tool um, something new going on there. And this is just another example of that. Um, you know, Toluna Start, which I'm not familiar with, Jason, you may be. Um, I haven't heard of them before, but it's the core of their business and it enables users to access their 30 million members. So I'm guessing it's kind of like their rebranded name of their DIY tool. And so um, this will expand that. And I'm sure, you know, as market researchers demand faster, more agile, tools this is um reacting to that yeah to me i was kind of on the same page it, it seems like a um i mean there, it's no secret that they really really t- took like some concentrated efforts into focusing into that ad and brand world you know years yeah. ago right and and it seems like kind of like taluna's hearing what their customers are asking for and they're acting on it i i don't know if too soon too late i i couldn't i couldn't comment comment on that but uh, you know, like you mentioned, quick turn solutions for some of those pieces that are that they've just developed, a, you know, kind of a, a sweet spot for like the concept of product testing the package and price testing, some of the um, what it claims and message testing, all of those different pieces. 
they all lend themselves super well to that ad space, you know, that they've been aggressively going after for, for quite some time now. So makes perfect sense and, and uh, seems like a good, uh, a great fit. And, you know, Toluca has been around for a long time. They're kind of one of the OGs in the online sample world, even though they've kind of sh- sh- shifted over time. So it's, it's good to see them still prospering and, and innovating and things like that, responding to the needs. I love that we can say OG. <laughs> You're certainly one of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and our next story, in a response to their growing demand for B2B customers, Momentive, formerly SurveyMonkey, has announced an expansion of its of its market research targeting capabilities um, into that space with the help of Dynata and Schlesinger. Yeah, Um First of all, I'm gonna re I'm gonna give another rant here. SurveyMonkey is such an awesome brand name, and people like my mom has probably heard of SurveyMonkey. Like random people have taken a survey on a SurveyMonkey platform and know it, right? And that's kind of how they built their brand name. It's really a not so much among traditional market researchers like us and most of our listeners. They did it by kind of being out there and partnering with every kind of survey, and you took a survey to SurveyMonkey. And then they, when they rebranded the Momentum, I mean, I guess I understand why they did it. But I just love that SurveyMonkey brand name. Keep in mind that they kept the SurveyMonkey brand name. That is for just the survey platform. The Momentum's the step the above, company. the parent, kind of like Google and Alphabet. Okay. Well, but yeah. still agree with what I said. I am going to agree with what I said. I'm not going to argue with myself. <laughs> Stick to but, your guns, Lammy. Stick to your guns. So that's good that they're still sticking with that. But back to the story. Um, you know, they have a partnership with a lot of like APIs and other sample providers, and they talk about Dynata and Schlesinger. Schlesinger um, acquired, made a couple of acquisitions in the past couple of years. So they have the Market Cube, and they have some other smaller panels. They have their own panel, and they have some healthcare, and they have some qualitative, and they have all kinds of like small little panels that they've kind of folded into Schlesinger. Um, but it's a good move from Memento. This is obviously. What I would do if I were running the company is to try to put a B2B element to it. And because that's where um, you can command a much more premium pricing if you do B2B. And they've got that huge, giant group of people on their panel. And if they start profiling them, that's that's super valuable. So this is good news for the Momentum team. And, uh, you know, obviously when you get called out with Dynata and Schlesinger, that's good for them as well. Yeah, it's, I... I tend to agree with you. It's it's interesting to see, you know, that kind of like a consumer focused group venturing into that B2B space, right? We just covered quite a bit of this and and the different ways of getting access to B2B respondents in our evolution of B2B sample webinar. Shameless little plug there. A couple weeks ago. (laughs) But this one's interesting. The Dynata and Schlesinger partnership, partnerships, I should say. I know that that, they're not partnering, are are definitely interesting choices. I, I... I see the appeal, right, from Momentum's uh, perspective to enter the space. That 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 seems like a given. But the partnership choices just seem odd to me. And I don't know if it's it's not because of who the players are, really. Um, like I mentioned, from Momentum's perspective, it's definitely a win. Um, but I just don't get the mix of the two specific B2B sources, Dynata and Schlesinger Group. I, I, and again, it's not anything, I'm not knocking either of them as a B2B provider of B2B sample in our industry, but how those two play like together in the same sandbox is going to be, that's, that's what's kind of intriguing to me. Like 
I, I don't know how, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this works and how those two will work together and or complement each other. I just don't know. Um, they're just very different. And, and to hear them, those two in the same kind of, as you were mentioned, the same breath with, with, with survey monkey, I, I don't know the whole, the whole combination just seems um, a little odd to me. You know, I hadn't thought of that until you said it out loud. And I wonder if it's because they both have proprietary panels and also have a lot of API, a huge API network. Um, when I think of Dynata now, I've changed over the past few years. Uh, until uh, when the acquisition immediately happened, I still thought of ResearchNow, SSI, eRewards, very traditional panels where Dynata had a lot of, I mean, the SSI and the ResearchNow panels were great at B2B, global B2B. They were dominating and they were awesome at it. Now when I think of Dynata, I don't think of that anymore. I think of peanut labs. I think of API traffic and inexpensive consumer sample. Maybe that's just me, but they've almost, Dynata has almost moved into that kind of same category that Market Cube and now Schlesinger Group are playing in, which is this API, giant API network of traffic. And I don't know, maybe, do you agree with that, Jason? Or am I, am I crazy? No, I do. I do agree with you. And that's where I get, I guess that's where I start to kind of get a little bit foggy when we're, you know, when you look at like partnerships and, and what, what makes sense, what does, I mean, obviously there are a lot of conversations that we're not privy to that led to this. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is just, um, you know, us speaking, but don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we see a lot in the industry and not owning our own proprietary panel, I think gives us a different perspective where we can take this kind of, you know, take a step back and, and really take a, a perspective that where we're not judging, right? We're not, there's no bias. It's just, oh, does yeah. that make sense? Do they complement each other? Do they not? I mean, you've done, I mean, yeah. whatever, eight years of research on research and 35 plus, you know, iterations of it to, to know, do they complement each other? I, I mean, not that we're going to reveal that on this podcast, but it's, it's just an interesting combination that's that's to me that's where i get i get stuck like wow those are the three that are going to combine for b2b sample hmm, okay yeah it's a little odd i i've always wanted to kind of tap into the survey monkey panel uh, they don't really sell it to a lot of companies like us but they've built a, a pretty a giant panel they mentioned here 144 million even if it's half that that's a giant number um and so I guess that's not enough. That's kind of crazy that they need to partner with others to fulfill needs. That means there's a huge demand. If you've got 144 million and now you add in Dynata and Schlesinger Group, which have many other millions on top of that, I mean, that means there's a pretty big demand with a more B2B focus that you can't do on your own. Right. So, Right. Part of the part of me thinks this is a good thing that they're at least trying to grow their network and they're open to kind of partnering with other companies instead of just focusing on their own asset. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. I, I uh, that this was definitely the mo- I was the most intrigued by it. I wasn't. I can I can say it wasn't uh, wasn't the one that I thought was the coolest article or the news, <laughs> but it was certainly yeah. one that I was like, huh, this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yep. All right. In our last story of the day, Question Pro has launched a new cannabis panel comprised of weed enthusiasts and gatekeepers to the products that 
the, the products being sold behind the counter. Yeah, this is interesting. Question Pro is also in the news a lot, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, they have some small panels, and um, they've been around for quite a while. Uh, kudos to them for keeping their brand name, number one. Um, <laughs> this cannabis thing is exploding, and I, I think we had a bid request recently for bud tenders. And so that's a growing need as more states start um, either medical marijuana legalization or recreational legal marijuana recreational marijuana legalization. We do a lot of research on our research on research around this. We've been tracking it for quite a while. Um, this makes sense. Um, a panel of bud tenders. Um, I know that the soapbox panel also has a panel of kind of marijuana users and and employees that work at those types of places. So this is becoming a trend, and I mean, good for them to kind of kind of jumping on it. This is the first bud tender panel I think I'm aware of. Yeah, this was one that um, I, I, I kind of like you. I, I, I found myself a little bit surprised that it's taken our industry this long to catch on to, you know, a topic, a, a group uh, of folks that completely is is obviously something that's not going away. It's a necessity at this point. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say hats off to Question Pro for taking the leap of faith. And I know you mentioned Soapbox having this small panel of um well, I, I'm not. What is that that panel, uh, Lammy, with with soapbox? Is that users or is that bud tenders? What is that? I think it's mostly users of marijuana. Okay. Yeah, and they, they heavily promote it. Um, they've kind of had their niche on this category for a while. And I think they have some employees as well. But this is the first like bud tender panel that I'm aware of. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's a leap of faith, right? And and launching yeah. this panel, I can honestly say I, I would have guessed even with Question Pro's presence in in, in our in our industry. Um, I, I would have guessed a hundred other companies would have taken right. this initiative on before getting to Question Pro, but I, it's a great move in, in my opinion, and, and gives them really a stronghold on um, you know an, an, a market, if if you will, that's ever growing, pun intended. And <laughs> and and see, I don't, sorry, that was horrible, but it seems it seems like it'd be extremely lucrative, um, you know, from a financial perspective. You know, this this panel reminds me of our model and maybe a little bit more of the older days where we would find little niche panels like this and we would promote it like, Hey, we've got this bud tenders panel, right? And that still exists to a certain extent. Uh, but it's kind of cool when you identify a little panel like this and you know, that need may only come up once every three, four months, but we've got them in our toolbox, right? Well, we know the next time a client comes to us and asks for, Hey, can you get us a hundred bud tenders? That's who we're reaching out to. So that's kind of cool. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Well, Jason, you mentioned the evolution of B2B sample webinar a little bit ago. Why don't you give us a quick recap? Oh, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, right. I did. You're right. I, uh, I, that was a nice little segue there, BP. I like it. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it was a little shameless plug, but I don't know how to sum up a 50-minute webinar into a 30-second plug. Definitely going to test my, my elevator pitch skills today, but... No, in all seriousness, the you know the evolution of B two B sample webinar was was one of those topics that was it was 
awesome to pull together. Um, I was super excited to be a part of it. It was actually the first time that, that I've worked, not, not worked with, but that Tony Brown and I have, have worked together on a webinar. Um, and right when I heard that he was going to be a part of it, I was thrilled. He's, he's truly just, uh, to go back to Lammy's term, an OG in our industry and with EMI specifically. And he is in the weeds, and I mean deep in the weeds of pulling together, you know, custom solutions for super, super difficult B2B audiences day in and day out. And I knew his experience and knowledge would, would you know, lend itself really well to this topic. And he obviously did not disappoint. So in a nutshell, you know, we discussed um, some of the changes we've witnessed in the B2B space over the years um, from a few different perspectives, really, um, including, you know, path of purchase, what's available in our industry, some of the detailed changes we've witnessed, like an in-field metrics with LOI and IR. Um, we also made some predictions based on our experience as to where B2B samples heading um, and the direction there. We provided some, some extremely important uh, uh, best practices and tips, if you will, for B2B sampling. And, and lastly, I, you know, provided kind of a sneak peek behind the curtain as to how, um, as to the how, and more importantly, the why, I think, behind how EMI approaches B2B sampling. And again, super important topic and had a blast working with TB on it and, and, and delivering, you know, a great message and, and kind of knowledge share, if you will. Um, we've actually, we've had a, a tremendous amount of positive feedback from those that listened in real time and those that listened to the recording. So it led to some fantastic conversations and opportunities. And if you haven't heard it, I'd recommend, you know, definitely reaching out and, and we'll get it in your hands. No, I was, I'll add on to that. I, y'all let me sit in the room during the webinar. I was kind of a featured guest, which was nice for me, especially listening to Tony. As you mentioned, he, this is what he does. He's a subject, subject matter expert on B2B sampling. This is what he does his whole day is to try to figure this out. B2B research is hard. You have to be very consultative on it. And Tony is one of the best there is. And so having you two talk about this for an hour, I really encourage people to go out there and I, I promise you learn something. And so you guys have an awesome job. You can see that by the numbers of people that rewatched it and downloaded it. And we've had follow-up meetings about it and other discussions about it, internal meetings about it as well. And so I think it was awesome. So good, good job. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting me give it a plug, BP. No problem. <laughs> Anything else? Is that it? That's everything. We've gone 33 minutes. 33. Yeah. Well, Hey, we're out there listening still. We really appreciate it. Send us any guests that you want. If you want to come on, let us know any topics, anything we're not covering, anything about the theme music, um, any questions you might have. We're still thinking about doing that Ask Us Anything podcast coming up soon. So if you have any, any questions about, it could be sample related, it could be research related, it could be personal questions for anybody, me or producer Brian or Jason or Mary Draper or anybody, we might just do a podcast. It's just kind of a potpourri of topics. So um, let us know if you have any of that. And as always, thanks for listening. Insights Marketing Day is back. This one-day face-to-face event will be packed full of industry-leading speakers providing essential tips and tools to improve your company's marketing. 
from social media to blogging, web to growth hacking strategies, branding, and lead generation. We'll cover a range of topics that need to be addressed for a successful, comprehensive, and interconnected marketing plan. We'll talk big picture with strategy and annual content calendars down to the granular level of getting more visible on LinkedIn. So you leave informed and inspired. If you're ready to get a jumpstart on making 2022 your best year ever, don't miss Insights Marketing Day. Visit insights-marketing.org. Use the code PERCH, P-E-R-C-H, for 20% off your ticket price. See you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.